Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Hey everybody, Matt and Duck here, and we're excited to share that we are taking over the Nomad Athlete radio feed for the next eight days straight for our Plant Palooza online festival with Compliment, where May 23rd through 30th, we're dropping new discussions with plant-based doctors, registered dietitians, best-selling authors, weight loss experts, and thought leaders, plus a wide range of resources on the Compliment website. But more than just the content, Plant Palooza is also our biggest sale ever on Compliment's nutrient solutions, superfood greens organic protein powders, and more. Right now, you can get up to 50% off site-wide, including my personal favorites, Compliment Essential, the Multinutrient, Daily Greens, and Hydrate. We've got a little bit of overlap there, Doug. Mine is certainly the Compliment Essential, but then followed closely by Omega Complex and Compliment Protein. Right on. It's all up to 50% off. Compliment products are optimized for plant-based eaters and backed by a 100% 100-day money-back guarantee. Go to lovecompliment.com to take advantage of these offers and to check out all the rest of the content, lovecompliment.com. But don't wait, the sale ends May 30th. And with that, let's get to the interview. Jill, Jeffrey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for spending a part of your afternoon with us today. For those who don't know Jill and Jeffrey, um, they're the dynamic duo behind the whole food plant-based cooking show. Uh, a mouthful, um, but <laughs> all words that are near and dear to my heart. And I know that's the case for, I mean, what the the half a million or folk, uh, half a million or so folks who follow you Uh, just on YouTube alone, and therefore the millions of people who have benefited from your delicious and nutritious recipes. I was just sharing with you before we clicked record that I so enjoyed um, the uh, uh, deep dive into your videos last night that I did with my wife. And we have a um, vegan meatloaf for tonight and a garlic cauliflower rosemary type soup um so um yeah literally um we we probably watched 15 videos and uh and my (laughs) wife picked her her favorites and um after this call i'm gonna go to the grocery store where i have 35 different ingredients that i have to buy i'm I'm happy to do it because um she always makes delicious things because of people like you who are putting out this amazing value into the world and giving people such um, awesome inspiration in terms of their food, but also such a warm personality. I mean, honestly, I was watching last night and a little jingle at the start of your, your, your videos and just like this great, you know, kind of Southern home cooked charm. Right. Um, oh, I don't know. Right. It's, it's, it's a great vibe. So thank you so much for what you guys do. And thank you for joining us this afternoon. Thank you. Great. Great. Thank yeah. You yeah. yeah. We're always excited to share. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, I, I don't think there's any better place to start than the beginning. Um, how did this all start for you? Tell us, uh, you cho- you choose what the beginning means to you. We can talk about your vegan journey. We can talk about the impetus for the show, but I just, I'd love for you to speak for a moment because I've already done far too much of it. Um, but uh, to give our audience a little taste uh, for for who you guys are and why you decided to create this this cooking show. Yeah, sure. Well, I think it was, I was, uh, had just turned 40, just a year younger than me. 
But at that point in our life, we were living on a, on sort of a farm raising organic, you know, we had an organic garden, we had ducks and chickens, our neighbor had grass fed beef. We did all, you know, we were trying to like live off the land kind of thing in New Zealand, in New Zealand. drinking oh, wow. milk, okay. you know, we thought we were doing all the right things for being healthy and having a healthy family, but we just kept getting thicker and thicker. And so I started having heart palpitations, which really freaked me out. I had a lifetime of probably twice a month migraines, but headaches like every third day. Jeff uh, had his physical for our visa status, and they told him he was pre-diabetic. And I was I was stage one obese. I was like two hundred and seventy some pounds. So, wow. yeah. So we were just at forty, and and here you know in that state, and we we're like, gosh, that's you know we have many more years left on this planet. But if we're in this state right now, wow. It's gonna be so and just long, not, you know, just not feeling good overall, just feeling achy and just no energy kind of all the time. So, it was it was scary too, because on a visa for anyone who's who's immigrated anywhere before, you know, they have conditions in New Zealand, part of the conditions is your health. So if you're on a visa, you know, we'd been there for for some years at this point. We you know, we owned property and had a business and but if you get sick. Uh, it is very likely they'll they'll invite you to leave, yeah, because they see it as a burden on the healthcare system. So, right. getting that kind of diagnosis and sort of facing this at that yeah. point was scary too, because we were still on a visa. Yeah, um, we knew we needed to do something really quick. Yeah. So we had read we had read years before um, Dr. Furman's book Eat to Live. So we t- decided to uh, pick it up again and read it more thoroughly, <laughs> okay. and actually do it. And we we just jumped in you know, all the way, just did it 100%, told our kids at that point, you know, it was their choice if they wanted to do it or not. But what we were going to have available in our house was just these things. If they wanted to do, you know, what they wanted, you know, outside of the house, that was their business. But they pretty much agreed to to do it with us. So that made it way easier. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we just started following what he said to do in the book and and the guidelines from the book and the weight was just dropping off. We immediately felt better. You know, like our skin was looking better. I mean, it was just all over health. We just felt so much better. And it happened within two or three Three weeks, really. Well, the weight loss, I I lost lost 70 some pounds in like three months and we weren't exercising. We, We would just walk. Like we weren't really doing anything special. It was really just eating. So we, we had eaten ourselves into that state and then very quickly we're eating ourselves, uh, you know, out and reversing that. So the, the pre-diabetes went away, you know, lost a bunch of weight. Jill's yeah. migraine stopped. Yeah. I haven't had a migraine since. Heart palpitation stopped. Wow. You know, it was, it was so shocking to us. And we had been, when we first met 27 years ago, um, I was vegan. Jill was vegan for a little while, but it was at a time when we had no idea how to do that. You know, there was very, very little, like real information back then, uh, was, you know, pre-internet. Um, so we had been vegan, you know, years and years ago, and then we just kind of drifted back into the typical, you know, American diet type stuff, yeah. restaurants and junk food. And so this was, it was kind of going back to something that we had touched on early in our life was food as medicine. If, you yeah. know, food for, recovery. so it wasn't, it wasn't a scary thing really. To yeah. Do it wasn't that, totally you know? new to us. Yeah. Uh, we, we had done raw vegan for a while, for like six months at one point. So we experimented with ourselves with food. 
Um, but really kind of diving into this and just doing it uh, and having those results be so fast, you know, yeah. that the improvement in our health so fast was kind of shocking. But at the same time, we what we were struggling with were good recipes because, you know, we, we had become kind of foodies at that point. And we, I mean, that's probably our favorite pastime is eating, <laughs> yes. you know, especially in restaurant food and that kind of thing. But we weren't finding recipes that just really spoke to us very well. And we started just taking uh, things, familiar things that we knew and transforming them into whole food, plant-based, oil-free, sugar-free, all that stuff. Uh, and we were loving it. Our neighbors, our friends, they were loving it. And, you know, Jeff just had the idea because he's got a background in, um, in IT. IT. Yeah. Said, why don't we just buy a camera and put a couple videos on YouTube and just see what happens? So that's how it started. I mean, it was really slow. It took three years for it to get any kind of traction at all. We did. We actually but, started, Jill was doing free classes in the public library. Uh, yeah. We tried doing stuff at our home on Meetup, which was kind of weird. We had some some strange people show up. It's <laughs> in our home, you know. And uh, so so we were kind of, you know, we had the the impulse to try to share the information. And we weren't really sure how. And this was this was eight, eight years ago now. Mm-hmm. So starting something on YouTube was still not yeah. a huge thing. It wasn't something, you know, people like now kind of everybody does. But and there really wasn't. There wasn't really any content on YouTube for whole food plant based. There was always vegan stuff at that point, yeah. but a lot of the vegan stuff is, is even yeah, it's today oil and sugar, yeah, and lots of oil yeah. and you know processed foods. So whole food stuff, it just there just didn't seem to be a whole lot of content. So when we started doing it, you know, we were kind of early days for this. That's yeah, awesome. That's how I wow, what what an amazing story! Um, I have to probe a little bit more because I found one thing fascinating, which was um, you tried raw vegan for six months. You had read Eat to Live, which probably was part of that experience. And then it didn't stick, right? You went you went back, so to speak. Um, I, I'm curious if you can you know, just reflect a little bit out loud on kind of what, what changed? What did you do differently? Why did it stick this time around? I, I think the first time we read Eat to Live, we used it more as kind of a cleanse and to lose some weight. So, so we weren't really thinking of it holistically, I don't think. And and we weren't having any health issues at that point. So it was like, oh, why not? Yeah. And then when we went raw vegan, we were still using a lot of coconut oil, a lot of salt. And so we weren't, you know, we were feeling pretty good, but, you know, that coconut oil, man, we were we were still not really losing weight. And I think that's kind of why we were doing that. We were trying to be healthier, but ultimately it was more about weight loss. So it wasn't kind of this holistic thing. And then when we started having health issues, then it really hit home. We're like, man, we've just been doing this wrong. And, we, you know, uh, at that point, Jill was reading a book called Nourishing Traditions. And right. this isn't to slam that book. It's just the the idea of the book is like, look at the old ways. And it was, you know, raw milk and grass fed beef. And there was kind of these ideas, like this is where health really is. It's how your grandparents ate. And we, we kind of bought into this. When we went to New Zealand, that's kind of how we set ourselves up. But like, as Jill was saying, it's like, we just kept getting heavier and we kept getting uh, sicker. So it's the, it's funny because it's the early days of the internet and misinformation. Right. You know, the right. anti-vax stuff and, and food stuff. It, it was really hard to, to 
feel like you were hearing from someone that had a, a, an official or, or a re, you know, well-researched opinion. It was just a lot of uh, kind of conjecture and, and stories, yeah. kind of like paleo. It's like, it has a good yeah. story. People hear that story. Well, this is how cavemen ate. So it's going to be good for you. But the real science isn't there. It's just the story. So finding the Furman and finding the science that he was pointing to, and then eventually finding like Dr. Clapper and Dr. Greger, you know, the, the kind of leaders in this, uh, 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 Colin Campbell, feeling like, hey, now we're actually part of the actual right. science of nutrition that's behind this. Even though it may not be reflected in the, in the popular media, it's like, this is where nutritional science is really going. So that was a huge shift for us too. It, it didn't feel like it was just an opinion anymore. There was yeah. a lot more behind what was going on. Yeah, and I, I think when we read it to begin with, we just weren't ready for it. Yeah. We weren't in that yeah. mindset. We weren't really looking for that information. That book just kind of happened on us. So, And our, it's funny, yeah. our audience on the show skews older. And the younger folks that we've come in contact with who watch our show is usually because they've been sick. They've had some kind of illness or they have some kind of disease. But it tends to be, even when people are vegan, it's like they don't really worry so much about health. And it tends, right. as they get older, that all the vegan junk food and that stuff starts to take its toll. And then people are like, hey, is there a better way to do this? And then they, they yeah. end up to the, the whole food side of things. Yeah. Yeah. I always uh, somewhat jokingly say that, you know, the, the best public health measure that we could probably engage is to just give people a, a heart disease diagnosis at like 22, because We've looked, I mean, there's famously a study of uh, looking at, I think it's uh, U.S. soldiers during the Korean War that like showed, I mean, these are largely 18, 19, 20-year-old young men. Um, and, you know, it showed the the atherosclerosis had already started, right? And at a very, very young age. And so, you know, unfortunately, we have this system in the U.S. that's set up such that we don't diagnose things until it's symptomatic, right? But in yeah. fact, like we are all every single day dealing with diseases. It's just that they haven't reached to a point of symptoms, right? And the right. best thing we could do is like take that 27 year old and, you know, say, hey, like, you got heart disease. Yeah, so you true. do. You know, there, so are, there are tiny blood vessels that are clogged today and, and eventually you're going to have bigger ones that are clogged. And then I'm going to go in there and, have to do a stent or angioplasty or what have you. And, you know, and, and, and that wake up call, unfortunately for most people, thank God you guys, you know, got it at, at, at 40. A lot of people don't get it till 50. A lot of people don't get it till 60. And it's so much harder to, to reverse 40 years of damage or whatever it is, 50 or 60 years of damage when the best thing that we could do for ourselves is like, you know, preventive wellness starting very early in life, which, you know, thankfully I discovered this diet, you know, very, very young and I'm actually 65. Um, <laughs> but I look, <laughs> um, but, uh, anyway, so I think, you know, it's, it's an amazing story and it's an amazing reminder for folks. And unfortunately, yeah, we have a lot of environmentally or ethically oriented people who you know they say like look i ate a vegan diet it's like the healthiest diet you can and and maybe that's a good place for us to jump off because you guys have such practical tips and tricks when it comes to meal planning and recipes and you know cooking um in general uh but maybe we can set the stage with 
you know, tell us a little bit about, um, you know, some of the pitfalls with a vegan diet versus a whole food plant-based diet, which obviously is in your name, right? You're not the vegan cooking show. You're the whole food plant-based. Why is that important? Well, first, as a disclaimer, I want to say I'm all for the vegan movement because that's one of the most important things you can do to affect climate change and all of the things that is happening. Fantastic. With a segue going to whole food plant-based, I think most of those people probably will end up going whole food plant-based. But yeah, some of the pitfalls are that there's so much in the industry right now of, you know, vegan processed foods. And yes, they're amazingly delicious, but they're using the same technology that the standard American diet is using. It's a lot of oil, a lot of salt, a lot of sugar to make things taste good, to make your, you know, all those dopamine hits in your brain when you're eating it. So you fall in love with it, right? That's all good, but that doesn't equal health. So if you're, you're, you know, a lot of people I think come to veganism for ethical reasons, not for health reasons. Or maybe some come for health, but maybe the the they might get a little bit healthier and it's a slower process. But if you go whole food plant-based, you know, you're getting all of that non-processed, all the phytochemicals and the antioxidants and all of the things that your body, fiber, all the things that your body needs to be optimal. So Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And we're seeing and we're already seeing the term plant-based as as that has become uh, more recognized in the media with some new, new movies that have come out, the food industry has already grabbed it. It's plant-based right. burgers and plant-based wings and plant, and it's just junk food. It's junk. So even the word plant-based, which sort of meant healthy vegan, it's already been co-opted. It's already been yeah. dragged in that direction. So I think uh, the the one of the great things about vegan as a thing is that certified vegan actually means something, and plant-based does not. And we were, we were at Whole Foods a, a couple of months ago and there was a sign that said something plant-based and it had chicken in it. Yeah. And their, their thing they were selling was like, look how it's, it's plant-based. Mostly plants. Mostly plants in it yeah. with chunks of chicken. And, stuff and there, like there's that. a restaurant too. It's kind of like a, a meal pl- place where you can go and pick up already made meals like in their, their uh, re- oh, refrigerator yeah. cases. And I went and I was like, oh my gosh, a plant, plant. I mean, our area, it's really tough. We don't have, there's not yeah. much going on here for, in that realm. Even vegan stuff is Just hard. Vegan junk food. I was like, oh my gosh, I went there and I could not find anything that didn't have meat in it. Yeah. I was like, what <laughs> is this? I don't understand. This says plant-based. I don't know what's going yeah. on. So the vegan term in that sense uh, is, is a wonderful thing. And we really need more of that where food has to be labeled and tells you that there's no animal products in this and that it's actually vegan, you know, whether they call that whole food plant-based in the future. Well, no, I think that's a separate designation, right? Because like what we really want is one, a little stamp that says WFPB, right? Which is like minimally processed, whatever that is, and you know, but a standard and then also plant-based because to your point, And look, I mean, I think any amount of effort to reduce animal products and increase plant products because of the macro, the micro, right? Like the nutrient profiles, just, you know, fiber, right? So like I I applaud any effort in that direction, but definitely with you that uh, my mom, um, you know, she's she's an amazing woman and and, uh, certainly has... um, 
radically transformed her diet to align with like, you know, what I, what I would hope to see. Um, but she is the worst of that stuff because like, she'll see like, what was it? Cora is it? I don't remember, but, um, like you, right. These are, these are not vegan products, but they're advertised as plant-based and she could show you excited. And I like, look at the label and I'm like, really sorry, mom, but you know, and, and to your point, you know, we, you know, my, my, uh, little boys are, um, four and under, you know, and so I think we have probably, a 80 plus percent whole foods diet. Um, but we definitely, you know, our, our share of what I think of as indulgent foods, right. Because like, I ain't going to compete with, you know, birthday cake with an apricot. Right. right. Um, but I might be able to compete with a dairy based, you know, uh, birthday cake if I have a vegan version of it. Right. So, right. Like, you know, right. we, and, and to your point, um, last night it was our, uh, nanny's birthday and she's from Mexico. And so she, her favorite food is, um, like taquitos and lo and behold, you know, in the freezer section, there's plant-based taquitos and <laughs> we're really proud to expose her to this lifestyle, which, you know, coming from central Mexico, it is like a totally radical concept, right? Like they, they're not eating beyond burgers or, fully plant-based whole food, plant-based meals. Um, so, you know, I think there's, there's a, an amazing opportunity there to, to find these transition foods as we like to think of them and, and indulgent foods and recognize them for what they are. It's like alcohol, right? Like if you're going to, if you're going to use it, just recognize that, you know, the reserve, the, the resveratrol is not helping your heart, right? Like, right, right, right. You know, it's not a health food, but there's a place. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's a place for, for pleasure in this world. There's a place for indulgence. And there's two questions I'd love for you to respond. And you can take one and we can talk and I'll ask the other one. But the two concepts I just brought up is one, um, transition foods, right? What What are your thoughts and and tips for folks who maybe haven't fully made the the transition whether it's because they're still eating a standard american diet or maybe they're eating a vegan diet and they want to introduce more whole foods so there's different types of transitions there and then the second one in case i forget is about indulgence um because i think there's a very interesting topic there about changing your taste buds and managing your taste buds and like really finding the indulgence of like a really ripe pear, which is a beautiful thing and not smashing your, you know, uh, taste buds with a bunch of like processed icing on a cupcake. Right. Um, so, but let's start with like transition. Like what are your tips for people who maybe start with like transitioning from a, a more, uh, typical diet to plant-based and then maybe even further from plant-based, whatever that means to whole food plant-based, which in itself is a transition. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I would say what we did, we took our favorite foods, like the ones that we know are problematic, that can pull easily pull us off the wagon, right? Your stumbling block. Foods, yeah, your right? stumbling block foods. You know, for mine, it's like it's pizza, it's tacos, uh, you know, ice cream, ice cream. Cookies. So we started with those. Like we took each one of us in the family. What's your most indulgent? What's your favorite thing? And we worked on them until we were all super happy with the result so that we knew even if we weren't doing it, you know, all the way that when you hit those points where you're just craving that so bad, you don't go to the grocery store and get junk. You're like, you know what? 
I'm really happy eating this. So if I eat it three times this week, I'm still happy. So starting with your, you know, your favorite foods, transforming them to transition and you just keep adding to it because, you know, most people only have, what is it like five recipes in their repertoire yeah. and just repeat them over and over. Mm -hmm. So if you can work out that list first, awesome for cakes and whatever. And for the indulgent stuff, it's I actually love the dessert. same. Yeah. yeah. Our, our, it's funny because our, our catalog so far, you know, there's a lot of indulgent whole food plant-based recipes there, yep. you know, there's cashew frostings and it's not stuff that we even eat every day, right? but it, it's stuff that we knew transitioning to this, that we wanted to eat and we wanted them to follow the same principles. So like our thin mint, you know, yeah. chocolate or cookie, Oreo cake. cookie cake, you it's, know, it's like, there's no Oreos in it. It looks like a giant Oreo you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's amazing, but it's, it's also indulgent because there's a lot of cashews in it and yeah. there's a lot of dates in it. So it's like, it's not something that you want to eat three times a day or maybe even every day, right. but it is whole food and it's oil-free and that particular one's gluten-free. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about it. So it's like, yeah. it's actually kind of both where it's a transition food. It's also indulgent, but we also recognize, you know, we don't eat this all the time. Right. It's just something that we know that we have. Without, and, without going to junk food. And the longer you do this, the more of those things you incorporate into your diet, the more your taste buds change, change and you find this so appealing. And then when you eat the other garbage, like, you know, my thing was Doritos or anything like that. When I had them, I felt horrible. Hey, so I had to like retrain my brain. I'd look at it. I'd go to the grocery store and I'd look at the package. Cause I'm like, I want those. I want those. And I couldn't get my mind off of it. Right. <laughs> so I, I'd have to look at the package and I'm like, do you remember when you ate those, how bad you felt? I feel terrible. And look at the Doritos. I felt terrible. <laughs> it was like just kind of retraining that thinking, you know? That, that level of mindfulness is, is impressive. Um, I, uh, so we talked about indulgent and I'll take away the easy answer, which is like to have one of those, um, you know, whole food, sugary, fatty cakes, but it comes from whole foods, right? Have that on hand. So when you feel a craving, you know, you go there, but yes. I've just given that answer. So now you have to give a different one. Um, <laughs> what, what tips or what hacks, like aside from like just mindfulness, retraining your brain to desire one or the other, what, what can you offer folks who maybe do have those, those cravings or are struggling for whatever reason? I mean, we, we, still, we eat our, yeah. like you said, we eat our share of vegan junk food. I yeah, think occasionally, yeah. We, part of part of having self control is allowing yourself to just be human. Like we're not perfect. We're not going to, yeah. you know, do everything perfect all the time. And I know that we we kind of figured that out early on. It's like, you know, really eating out at a restaurant. At least here, the vegan places that are here, it, they're it's, it's pretty much all junk food. food. Yeah. So if we are going to eat out, that's one of those decision points where it's like, well, we know that we're kind of eating junk tonight. It's still, it's still vegan. It's not, you know, eating dairy and stuff like that. We don't really have an issue. We never yeah, really had never an issue giving that stuff up. Non-vegan food. Yeah. You know, but the vegan yeah. junk food thing, it's like, we might get a bag of our favorite chips or I love chocolate chip cookies. Like, the, like my kryptonite, <laughs> I, I see vegan chocolate chip cookies anywhere. I'll have to try those ones. I wonder if those ones are good. You know? Yeah. But if you, the thing I would say is if you're doing that and it's, you're, you're allowing yourself to do that, but you do that in real moderation. It's like, you might have it today and you don't have it tomorrow or you don't have it for a couple of days. And in between those things, you are eating a whole food plant-based diet. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, I, I don't know about the science, but it, in our experience, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. As it's long like, as you're doing like 80, 85% good stuff, then that other percentage, it doesn't really affect you that much. I mean, sure. You, you feel it pretty immediately. You don't feel well. You, you might get, get a headache. You get, yeah. You, yeah. Oily, oily fingers. Yeah. And I'm like, it's pretty obvious, yeah. but you know, you, you know what you're doing, you know? Yeah. So, and to not beat yourself up. Cause I mean, it's a big thing to tackle. Food is a very sensitive uh, trigger subject for people. Yeah. You know, a lot of us use it just for comfort and, you know, our lives are very stressful. So, I mean, I know I'm a comfort eater for sure. So yeah. Have, and, but you know, I know that about myself. So when I'm having those, I try to make something of our recipes that's more indulgent than the other stuff like mac and cheese. I'm like, I know I just want to eat a huge helping of mac and cheese, but I'll put like green powders in it or, you know, I'll have a big salad to begin with so that I don't overdo it on the other stuff. But I'm like, at least I can have that. And I'm really looking forward to it. And it feels like I'm cheating. Yeah. Green, green powders in your mac and cheese. I that's yeah, bold, but way to hide it. Sne- sneaky vegetables. Yes. You know, I, that is, that is our go-to because, you know, yes. cheesy pasta is one of our uh, go-tos for, for, you know, and, and we can talk a little bit about busy schedules. Um, but for us, like it's a chickpea pasta, right? It's not whole foods. It's, yep. it's processed, but yep. You know, it's like two ingredients. I'm pretty sure it's like literally yeah. just chickpeas, you know, and right. and uh, right. um, and uh, and then you know we we do like a giant bag of like you know the frozen pre-chopped uh, cauliflower, right? Yeah. Sometimes we'll then chop up broccoli, throw in some spinach. Like you're talking about chickpea flour, cauliflower, broccoli, and spinach. Like that's our pasta. And then, you know, we'll add in um, a highly processed oil-based vegan cheese, right? Like far from a health food. We admit that, right? But like, yeah, but a majority you know, it of that gives, bulk is vegetables. That's wonderful. Right. And, and, and look for, you know, my four-year-old, three-year-old and one-year-old, um, the one-year-old's barely on solids anyway. Like, yeah, they could probably use a little bit of calorie um, uh, from, uh, you know, the oils, right. So it's a different life stage, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and for those who are, um, you know, obviously more on a uh, heart disease prevention path, like, yeah, it's probably not, you know, uh, don't, don't, don't mess with your taste, but taste buds with those, you know, highly decadent, um, cheeses, but anyway, um, but that's our go-to and we're busy, right? Cause like it takes zero time to pour it into some boiling water, top of the cheese, and you got yourself a really hearty pasta. What are some of the other tricks that you use, you know, especially parents, busy people, two jobs, right? What, what can you do to, cause I think that's often where people fall into the vegan junk food because it is the frozen food or it's the beyond sausages or it's it's takeout, right? And you end up eating, you know, I mean, yeah, Asian food, Indian food, right? Like there's a lot of great ethnic cuisines that you can probably get delivered to your home, but they are so chock full of oils and MSG and salt, right? So like, and that's where people fall off the whole foods wagon. So what tips do you have in terms of, you know, whole food recipes or or snacks even for for busy people? Yeah, I I would say- take one of your weekend days and just 
stick that in your head, get the whole family involved, do some prep. Like I always, I like to prep up a big Tupperware full of mixed green, like chopped greens, cabbage, uh, um, kale, parsley, all this stuff. Cause that you can kind of stick it in anything. And I like to use that for my, my chip dip. I put a little hummus and then a big pile of greens or some salad dressing. And I eat that as dip. So it's mostly greens. Um, I make hummus. Yeah, I make a big batch of hummus because that's good on. That's a good way to get all your vegetables in too. Um, Either start out making like a soup or a big pot of beans. Yeah, we do. Because you can portion those out, stick them in the freezer in in portion sizes. But that soup, you know, you can have that in your. You know, I always divide out half and put it in the freezer because then I know I have a meal in there that's already done that just has to be thawed. Um, and then I take the rest and that usually works for one meal and then maybe two leftover lunch meals during the week that, you know, you could pack that up for a lunch to go or whatever. And I make a, uh, a thing of uh, buckwheat bread. So that's your toast. That's sandwiches. Um, what was so the you cook, thing? Yeah, you cook for leftovers, which yeah. is, it's, Interesting, because a lot of people think of leftovers. A lot of people don't even eat their leftovers. That uh, you know, they just throw them out, or if they keep them, they don't want to eat them and throw them out later. But we cook for leftovers because it's it's easier. So when you make whatever recipe you're making, it's like maybe you double it if depending on how big the recipe is. And your plan is like I'm going to have this for lunch a couple times this week because it's going to keep in the fridge. For or you make it into something else. Yeah. yeah, or mix it into something else. Um, we also do. Yeah. This is something I started doing the last uh, probably five or six months. Uh, I love the Instant Pot because it's it's so hands-off. Um, so I'll fill the Instant Pot with sweet potatoes, uh, purple sweet potatoes and regular sweet potatoes. I just wash them. I don't peel them or anything. So literally just rinse them in the sink, fill the Instant Pot, I cook those, and then put them in a Tupperware. And then I'll use half of a sweet potato as a base for anything I eat all week. I just mash it in the bottom of the plate. So if we say we have Indian food or Jill makes some sauce or whatever we're doing, have beans or just throw them on the sweet potato. And we always have cheese sauce. Cheese sauce, salad dressing. We always have a container of that in the fridge because it's just great on everything. It's good. (laughs) Yeah, it's a a cashew-based. Yeah, cashew-based nacho cheese sauce. Yeah, I saw some some great recipes on your, your channel. Uh, for for cashew based cheese sauce, I always forget about that, and I'm so embarrassed oh, to say that so we, good. we, are we so do the oil based <laughs> stuff. But I'm I'm gonna you're, you're inspiring me, you know, through yeah, yeah, put ser- that on your pasta. Yes. Oh, I know it, I know it, I know it. I so say, good. hey, get give give me a break, right? Like I said, this was our busy, this was our busy like cheat meal. Okay. No, um, <laughs> no, I swear to God, you know, through these. Um, the series of these conversations this week, we've we've uh, covered like um, you know all the different chemicals and what have you that are in uh, like skincare products, right? Like I, I spoke to uh, a woman today, who I'm sure you know, Plantiful Kiki, who dealt with um, you know hair and skin and nail challenges. I'm talking to you guys about whole foods eating. So I'm like coming out is feeling really bad about myself. So I'm like, I'm not taking good enough care of my skin. You know, like I, I need to like put rosemary in my hair before bed. You know, I need to make cashew cheese sauce. Luckily, so. guy. Guys, you know, you get, you guys get off a lot easier. <laughs> I think the pressure on that, that kind of stuff is 
Yeah, <sighs> yeah, no kidding. Well, but you know, I'm good. It's worth saying too that that you know we we do this show, so Jill's always working on recipes and cooking, but our actual meals are actually very yeah, simple, simple most of the time. Like I said with yeah. the sweet potatoes, it's like we'll have sweet potatoes, beans, and some greens, or oatmeal has become a staple. And we just change the oatmeal. So you make your oatmeal in five minutes on the stove, just, you know, oats and water. And then it's like, well, what do I want to do with it today? Is it walnuts and blueberries and maybe some sprouts and, or is it raspberries? And, you know, you can, you can change up your oatmeal or is every my, day. Or is it my cinnamon roll oatmeal? Yeah, cinnamon roll oatmeal. <laughs> like, and you're, you're still getting your oatmeal and it's still the same easy meal, but you can change it so you don't get bored with it. Uh, yeah. And you know, it's like, well, I know for you know lunch all week, I'm just going to have oatmeal. It's easy. You know, it's fast. Yeah. I think that's, that's such an awesome thing to to call out. And you said two things that are actually really important to, to reiterate. One is leftovers, right? Which is not so much a plant-based thing, although probably our food lends itself better than, say, a, a carnivore's leftovers. Yeah, right. Um, you don't have to worry about the bacteria. It's count. not going to grow. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then uh, the other one is is like those those modest variations, right? Where it's like you know you can take the same thing. Oatmeal is a fantastic example. Like my smoothie, you know, like every single day, you know, I drink a giant smoothie. You can see, <laughs> wow, yeah, that's nice. like you know, and it, like it often comes out, you know, brown or green or something. My team always makes fun of me because it is consistently, you know, and that's just because I throw everything into it you know like I, you know if i see cauliflower like broccoli will massively impact the taste yeah, the profile yeah. so you're going to want to be careful with broccoli but cauliflower any type of greens any types of fruits like literally like mushrooms lying around like i'll just toss them in right and you know don't get me wrong it's probably better to chew i've heard the saliva can activate certain enzymes but like for a busy lifestyle I can do this every day and get a ton of these nutrients. And, but to your point, Jeffrey, you know, like it tastes different every single day. Right. Cause like, sometimes I'm like, you know what, I'm going to put some almond butter in here. And again, I'm, you know, that's, we, we try to get actual almonds crushed up, right. As opposed to one that's got added sugar, salt, or palm oil, you know, but like you can do that with a little bit of cinnamon and have a very decadent, very different um, exactly. flavor profile as opposed to, you know, like sometimes it'll be like mango, pineapple and, you know, banana. It's like tropical, right? It's like this is really easy ways to make variations, um, you know, and um, so I think, I think, uh, like you say, um, uh, finding those staple meals that you can do consistently and figuring out how do you make these tweaks where it's, it's switching out one thing or the other to give yourself variety without the added burden. Um, because I, I truly think, and you know, uh, because of Instagram, right. And because of people like you who make it look so easy. And so we just, we just assume that, you know, Jill is, uh, is is cooking you know michelin star level meals three meals a day and like i'm just a secret just a secret i don't actually enjoy cooking (laughs) i really don't i love the process of 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 creating it's more like a science project but the daily cooking process if it's too complicated I ain't going to do it. Yeah, I'm not going to do so it. Funny. No, no, yeah. No one, no one enjoys that. It's, no, it's work. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, like, it seems like too much work. I'm out. 
I mean, in the, in the kitchen, I'd rather be out in the yard, you know, doing yard work. It was one of the things that we, it took us a while to figure out uh, with our recipe. So after a few years, it was focusing on uh, the same set of ingredients so that if someone made one of our recipes, it's very likely they're going to have the ingredients to make the next one. We used to use like um, things like banana flour, things that are odd to find. And we realized like, just get rid of those, make the ingredients, whole food ingredients that are, are more common. They're easier to get. And we always joke, it's like the, the ingredient list of our <laughs> chocolate cake is close to the lasagna. <laughs> so yeah, it's like the same kind of core. Two different ingredients you like, but it tastes so different. You're like, but it's really the same thing. Yeah. But that reminds me of a great saying, which is uh, the dose makes the poison, right? So like the same ingredients you're using, but if you increase this one and disincrease that one, right? Massively different outcomes, right? Right. Um, That said, it's really hard to believe the lasagna chocolate cake thing. So I would like to see (laughs) both of those ingredients, please. No, that's um, a bad example. (laughs) You know, know. I get it though. I get it because it is so, so true. And that's exactly what we're saying, right? You can take lentils or beans or whatever the, the core inputs, right? And the different seasoning. So Maybe, I mean, one more practical question. I'd love to then ask you a philosophical one before we run out of time. Um, what is your advice to someone who has no experience cooking? And, you know, aside from following a recipe, because I think a lot of people find that really tedious, like you, you know, they don't want to spend that much time. And so are there some go-to tricks to make any dish come out a little tastier without using a, a ton of salt? Any Any flavors any seasoning that you can point to say like hey throw a dash of this on and everything gets better i was just thinking uh, definitely just learning how to saute onions and garlic yeah if you if you really just don't know how to cook at all really and you're making a savory dish you know just so and you don't even have to use oil just sauteing onions and water because the, the oil comes out of the onions so they eventually they won't stick um but just those two things when you're trying to make something taste good those are, those are traditional flavor enhancers, you know, since forever. It's like just sauteing onions and garlic to give something more flavor. If you really don't want to follow any kind of recipe, yeah, that, that'll get you a long way. It's kind of the base of any sauce. It'll smell good. Any, yeah. you know, like making a simple taco or something like that. That's kind of the base for most meals, yeah. you know. And I, awesome. I would say, it, you know, I think most people are dessert people. I mean, who doesn't love dessert, right? You start with the dessert because if that, if you can convince yourself that the, the, the desserts are decadent enough and that you feel spoiled when you eat them, it's pretty easy to, to go into the savory and explore a little bit more. So nice cream. I mean, I know it's most people have heard this to death, but frozen bananas, I mean, frozen bananas and a little plant milk, and then powder. you can go wild with any other ingredient to make it taste different. Just a little bit of cocoa powder. You got chocolate ice cream. I mean, put yeah. a few berries in it. Then you have berry ice cream. I mean, it's so ridiculously simple and it doesn't take reading a, a you know, a recipe. Cause it's like, just experiment with it. You know, you know, I would say too, I, I've shared this story before, but uh, just briefly uh, after years and years of us making the show, you know, Jill was always the one making all the recipes and cooking. Um, I, I was, I play guitar and I was watching this guitar player and he was saying how after 30 years of teaching guitar, he had really forgotten how hard it is to start playing guitar. So he actually flipped his guitar over 
and learned to play with his other hand and went through his own course materials to, to learn. And I saw that and I thought, that's such a good idea. So I actually took our first cookbook and just started cooking my way through it because I hadn't done it. I you know, filmed the stuff and edited or whatever, but actually just being in the kitchen myself and making these things. And the, the, the reason I share that is it's, I didn't know how empowering it is to, to actually learn how to make something that then you, you like and you want to eat. And then you know in your head, it's like no matter where I am or what's going on, I can make these two or three things yeah. that I like. Yeah, I can make them for someone with, else. Yeah, just start with a couple for, things. It doesn't have to be That's super it. complicated. but uh, And that really inspired me. It's like like another thing that we're trying to do with our show that I didn't even get because I wasn't actually cooking the things myself. I was like, wow, this, it's not really that hard. Yeah, yeah we, we, I, we really strive hard to make the recipes approachable and easy, yeah. you know. I don't, I don't have, like, if you look at the, the recipe list and the ingredients, it's never very long. I mean, maybe the lasagna's got a lot because there's so many layers, you know, but most of our recipes, the ingredient list is really short. A few steps. Yeah. And, I, I, and I don't think, I don't think any recipe really takes more than a half an hour. So, and I would say awesome. for folks that if you really don't know how to cook at all, the Instant Pot, it's a yeah, little bit of an right. investment, you know, they're 80, 90 bucks, I think. Um, but I love cooking that thing because I can just cut up a bunch of stuff, throw it in there and turn it on. Forget about it. And an hour later that I have like a, some kind of amazing soup or whatever, you know, beans or whatever we're doing. Learning how to yeah. make beans, you literally just, I, I don't like canned beans anymore. Once I learned <laughs> how to soak beans and cook them in the Instant Pot, they're so much better. And all you do is just put them in a, in a bowl <laughs> on the counter it, it, in the morning and the next day rinse them off put them in the Instant Pot, cover them with like an inch of water and turn it on for 20 minutes. And those beans are so much better than canned beans. And again, it was so empowering. It's like, now I know I love any yeah. kind of dried beans I can make into amazing beans, uh, you know, as a meal or as part of the meal. So. Yeah. yeah, I think, I think you know, it's such a beautiful sentiment, Jeffrey. Thank you for, for sharing that because <clears throat> I do think that often um, we get into a routine where one partner you know, is the cook, right? And I, I want to talk a little bit about that, but I, you know, just to, to close off that section of the practical necessities, like, you know, uh, I think you both just said it perfectly, which is you don't actually have to become a great chef to be a functional cook for your family, because the reality is like, we all find those somewhere between probably three to seven dishes that make up 89% of our diet, right? right? Like, so, and it's not that hard, you know, like I, um, we, we speak Spanish in our household. So like, um, all of my dishes happen to be like pop-up pancakes, right? Like pop-up pasta, right? <laughs> um, we recently had another addition to it, but like, I've got my go-to, you know, three, four, five things, right? They're, they're, probably, you know, the, the less healthy meals because my <laughs> wife um, is a, is a better cook undoubtedly. And like when we do Indian night, like that's her and she's got like five pots going at a time because we have the oh. spinach dish and we've got the lentil dish and we've got the uh, potato dish. Right. And we've got the garbanzo dish. Wow. Right. And like, wow. You Can know, I like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. Um, I do the dishes so I tell you, I'm like, Adriana, you have managed to use every pot in this house. Like, how did you do that? You know, I'm like, and, and we have a household of seven. So 
Wow. We have had to buy like the the military barrack size pots that like she can't even lift to clean because it's like oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, yeah, you fill it up because like and we go through a tremendous amount of food. But yeah, like when she has like pot pour out the uh pasta water, the pot itself is probably 20 pounds, right? It's like one of those uh Whatever, stain, uh, not stainless steel, uh, gosh. Iron, um, like a Dutch oven? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's like 20 pounds in itself, and you fill it with water, it's like 35, and you got to go like this, right? Yeah, so like, you yeah, know. you got to hold that lid on. No. So that's my role uh, on Indian night. But um, anyway, uh, so, you know, but but the point I wanted to make is like, for people who think that this is overwhelming or intimidating, you know, it's exactly what you said. It's so empowering just to know that like, if my wife gets caught up at work, you know, like, yeah, my, my go-to is we've got these uh, chickpea, you know, um, pizza crusts, right? Like, yeah, right. you know, it's, it's not whole foods, but you know, it's a short ingredient list and like, throw on the different toppings or whatever else. And like, you, you've got yourself, uh, a, you know, I can save the day. Right. And it's like, right, you just have right. to, if you have those three, four, five, six, that's all you need. It's really all you need, you know? Um, so I just, I think that was an awesome, uh, sentiment and, and, and like you say, it's something? empowering. Yeah, please, please. Before we went plant-based, I was not a good cook. I've <laughs> never been a good cook. Even it's in the actually, beginning, it's actually true. I'm a horrible cook. I <laughs> Jill, mean, I Jill come from terrible. a very simple, like you know, I come from Nebraska. It's meat and potatoes and another vegetable. It's very basic, and I couldn't keep cook meat to save my life. Yeah, Thank always, God. I mean, I'm glad because I was I was very very ready to get rid of that whole mess. Yeah. But even when I started, I still wasn't a very good cook. Yeah. It took me it took me years, but okay. That's just where I was, you know, and if we were enjoying the food, so what if I'm still not a great cook and I'm not very efficient, you know, I have gotten that over time. It just takes some time. And now it feels, feels like nothing. And our our recipes is funny. You you might not know this watching one of our shows, but some of the recipes Jill might've made 10 times. Like we kept... There's a mushroom stroganoff that it's now oh. one of my favorites. But when she first started making oh, it, because I grew up I was eating, trying to make it so healthy, you know. Yeah, I grew up eating stroganoff. So... And I was like, well, that'd be an interesting one. Just our generation was like a food, you know, canned mushroom soup. And and it, the first couple iterations, they were so bad. <laughs> we just threw it out. We couldn't eat it. And now that recipe, when she finally finished it, it got it. That we never make a show unless it's to that point. Yep. But that recipe now, people have written us and they absolutely love it. And they're like, man, I grew up eating this. Yeah, even though like I'd never have it again. Meat loving spouses are like, they're in love with that dish and they ask to have that made all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, like, okay, cool. Okay. So, that yeah, is... taken, some of them taken. Quite yeah, a few, some are quite super easy to get through, but some of them, gosh, I just can't. <laughs> and I still, That's like, awesome. I have a list of ones I, I just can't, I can't get it. I haven't got it yet. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how many times I, I want to try this before I just, Hang that up. It's not happening. <laughs> I'd love to see that that list. Um, uh, cause and this is quickly becoming a tell-all about Jill. Like she's, <laughs> she's not actually she doesn't enjoy cooking. She'd yeah. rather be gardening. Yes. She's never really been a good cook and she has to try everything 10 times right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not no, embarrassed it's, to it's, say that. <laughs> well, like I said, it's encouraging because I think, you know, with the um, the Instagram filter of life, you know, we just assume that everybody 
you know, is got it easier and everything's perfect. And every meals is, is beautiful. Right. And then like most of us are eating these bowls of like, you know, quinoa with hummus, uh, some, yeah, right. some uh, uh, sweet potatoes, like some, some steamed broccoli and like, you know, maybe some kimchi for like being smart that night. Right. Like, and right. that's life. Right. And it's like, and it's ugly and it, you know, but like, it's, it's where you end up. And um, so I really appreciate your, your honesty and, and uh, openness to share, you know, cause I think it really does encourage people to understand where, you know, where you guys really are. Um, so thank you for that. I, I have one quick question. I know we're, we're out of time and I want to be respectful of your schedule so you can answer this quickly, but um, the two of you seem to have such a beautiful relationship and it clearly is, you know, based in this, this work you do to spread this mission and also your, your shared passion. I think one of you said that, you know, your favorite pastime is, you know, eating together, right? Which is a beautiful <laughs> idea. Um, what is your recommendation to bring people uh, up, your family more broadly or your partner into the process? If, if you're the cook at home and you're like, you know what, I, I want what they got. What, what, what do you do? I got this one. Start a YouTube oh, channel. What they got. <laughs> no, <laughs> that, took that probably forever. causes more stress and arguments <laughs> than anything else. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure. That is a lot of pressure, but luckily we've, we've been pretty good to each other through the whole process. And oh, cause yeah. I think we've been willing to, we're the kind of people that, that love to make mistakes and just, you know, we're always getting better. We're, it's all learning. We're just, we're learning addicts. So we just think of it as a learning process. So there's no bad about it, yeah. but I would say if you got little kids involve them, get them, get them prepping food right away when they're really little, there's all kinds of things that they can do. And for spouses or for older kids, have them pick a, a food that they want you to make have them find the recipe for it and then encourage them to help out. What do you, you know, what part of this do you want to do or take a, a week night or a weekend night and say, this is your night for cooking. What would you like to cook? You know, and you're in control. This is your kitchen. You know, I would hopefully ask that it's somewhat healthy, but you know, this is your night. You can do whatever you want for spouses too. You know, like what, what is the thing that you really would like made that I don't make? Yeah. I think I think when people experience making something, even if they're helping for the first couple times, and then they do it themselves, when you when so you're able counting. to make it and you like it, whether yeah. it's a, a yep. type of cookies or you know dessert or an actual you know main or a soup or whatever, once you experience that, I think even once, and you know it's like anytime I want this now, I know I can just go in the yeah. kitchen and make it, and the spouse is encouraging like, hey, why don't you make your favorite, you know, yeah. your super dish Tuesday? I'd love to have it with you. I think that makes it easier because you feel like you're you're the hero. And that's what you're doing, right? The papa pancakes, the papa pasta, you yeah, got nice. that down, right? Your wife can that's can true. really, you know, she that's can depend true. on that and say, Oh, you know what? If I'm tired, can you please make your papa pancakes? Because yeah. I'm shot. <laughs> be you the know? hero. Right? Yeah, be the hero of the day. Exactly. I was trying to show and it's probably not gonna work, but there's uh my my kids oh, always cooking, making it cooking, yeah. cooking at the stove. So I I totally That's agree. Awesome. I think it's so important to involve them because, you know, we've also experienced. I mean, they've been vegan since birth, and you know, I think um, when you involve them, then it's not sort of here's your meal, you know, please eat it, yeah. right? But instead, it's like they're they're part of the transformation of oh, these vegetables go in and these go in and, you know, you pour that and here's the seasoning and you heat it and you pour it out and like you put it on the plate and like, then it's, then it's mealtime. It's an entirely different 
situation. Um, that said, I want to go back to my recommendation for creating a YouTube channel because <laughs> thinking about what you said about bringing in um, your kids, for instance, saying tonight's your night, whatever you want, let's cook it. Right. That could be a really entertaining YouTube channel, right? Yeah, like we can, yeah. we compile these, these nightmarish recipe experiences, right? With yeah. kids cooking. And it's a, it is a, and it's a mess. They're a complete mess in the beginning. You have to just be okay with that. Like it takes time for them to figure out efficiency, but you know, with our kids, they learn to be efficient after, you know, they experienced the cleanup of their own cooking. <laughs> Whoa, they were like, oh, okay, maybe I'm more into the one pot meals. You know? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like, I actually, cleaning while you go is a good idea. You know, they, they get it really quick. That's actually something that's encouraging too, is if the cook doesn't wash the dishes. Yeah. If that's a thing. <laughs> and you figure it out. It's yeah. like, hey, well, I could make my favorite dinner tonight and i don't have to do the dishes right it's it's kind of a double win right? yeah <laughs> I, th I think that is a commonality we share in our in our households because and i think it's only fair um yeah. but, that's right that's right um jill jeffrey thank you so much this has been a really fun conversation i'm so grateful for you guys opening up and and talking a little bit more about yourself because that's not often what we see on your your YouTube channel. So it was a real pleasure to get to know you both. And, and thank you for sharing your insights and wisdom about whole food, plant-based cooking. I forgot to mention that there is a, a free meal planning and shopping guide that um, we will somehow connect to this video or it was in the email. I have no idea how our team is going to deal with that, but um, it's a really awesome resource. So thank you for that. And thank you for your time today. Yeah, thank you.